it's all very well talking about being real, showing up real, having authentic conversations online and offline, but hey, could we do with a few tips on how? Yes, we could. Hello, I'm Trisha Lewis. This is the Make It Real podcast, and I will be talking to very real people who've had very real experience, mistakes and everything, and they will be giving you those tips. So, stay tuned. The, the, the patterns your brain follows and the pathways within which you retrieve information are set at a very young age. Um, and if you understand, and you can't do much about it, it's really hard to then change those later on in life. So if you just accept, okay, this is the way that I think, this is the way that I feel, and this is the way that I am, it will make things much easier in terms of your choices that you make of whether what you're trying to do is suitable to your personality. And just accepting your personality, whether that's, um, you know, whether that's driven or whether that's scatty or whether it's emotional, whatever it is, you can't actually do anything about it. We are stuck in our own bodies. And I think the science is coming out, which would then shows um, that, <clears throat> sorry, that shows that we are who we are, essentially is what it comes down to. So just accepting that uh, oh, would, would speed things along. Hang on a minute. Just hang on a minute. I was going to wrap up. Obviously, I can't now because you just said that. So just hang on a sec. I, I'm, I love that. I love all of that. There's just one thing. So we are who we are, except we're not the labels we place on ourselves, which is a different thing because that's not to do with neural synapses or any of that. That is to do with some outside forces that we've kind of taken on and we've gone with so the, the things like imposter syndrome and whatever whatever so i know that i have evolved um i have evolved through working at these things like imposter syndrome so i am not who I am in terms of that label that I put my, on myself. Ooh, you know, I, I just get this symbol. Or, oh, I'm shy. Or, um, oh, I'm clearly never going to settle down because I keep going through husbands like water. You know, wh whatever the labels are that we could quite easily... Um, I am settled down, by the way, listeners. <laughs> so <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm saying is, you know, or, or I'm always going to, you know, people sort of say, oh, I always choose the bad ones, you know, in terms of relationships. There's a, there's a, there's a tendency that we can put these labels on ourselves. And I wouldn't want anybody to go away thinking we are who we are, as in that kind of bit of that equation. But you know what? There's a really interesting... Um... Well, it's not a science. Numerology. Have you come across numerology? Yeah, ish. Okay. So, well, numerology is, I don't actually know if it works in the um, 21st century because it was all about the combination of your, uh, uh, when you were born, the month you were born, the year of your birth, and there was some sort of little mini algorithm for algorithms were a thing, which would say, therefore, that means you're this sort of person. And whether it has any validity or not, what I liked about it was it came up with this is you in the positive and this is you in the negative but essentially it's going but this is you and that this is the uh you know these are your foibles this is your driving force whatever those different things were but you can use this positively or you can use this negatively 
And I thought that was a really nice way of looking at things, not necessarily to say as a, as a, a pseudoscience, it's, it's ironclad, but just that one thing that you can take from it, it, it I think kind of answers to what you're saying, yeah. is that the thing is, if you are shy, it doesn't matter. At least be aware that you're shy and, and try and, what it means is that you probably don't want to become a salesman or saleswoman or salesperson, you know, because you're always going to feel uncomfortable. But if you're shy, it's okay because you could then go, well, that means I need to be focusing on, um, it, you know, in a way where I'm, I'm not putting myself in a situation where I'm going to feel awkward. Um, and there are loads and loads, you know, there are lots of very successful shy people. Um, yeah. And yeah. so I don't think that's, I don't think that's necessarily a, a, an issue, but it comes into whether you treat that as how you positively use that or negatively use that. I like it, and and in fact, you could even you could even apply that to what I just said about uh, relationships, because I would I have learned to apply the positive side of my <laughs> my interesting relationship history. Um, I've, I I would now say, um, I mean, I'm, I've been in a lovely relationship for years and years and years now, and. I, obviously you can say all the stuff about and look at all the stuff I learned and massive journey of experience and that's true but I would also say the part of me that is driven to not give up that is constantly curious constantly wanting to learn it is is the part that has made me go back into that back into that you know shark filled sea and keep trying so some people would have said oh gee clearly marriage not my thing you know uh, let's let's give up I, I didn't um i'm not saying you've got to get married out there either but i i didn't give up on that journey because of a positive part of my um who i am which is the not giving up and the driven and the curious and the learning part so there we go i've just uh, i've just picked myself up really did you feel that the, the two things were connected in some shape or form? So in terms of that curious driven part of you, did you then feel that those were influencing some of the, the, the decisions and, and the lifestyle that you had in that mm. cohabiting situation then? Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I just, um, oh God, th this conversation is way too interesting. I can't bear it. Um, I've got honestly. I've been. Well, we can just carry, we can we can carry on for a bit, and you can always kind of split this in half and yeah. do another bit at the end of the year <laughs> if you like. True. That's true, actually. That's true. Um, I mean, you've you. There are so many amazing references. I mean, the list of um, that I've got to put on the notes in terms of references to books and people is stunning. And of course, that demonstrates the power of curiosity because Anthony clearly reads, looks at stuff, takes stuff in, explores it, thinks about it, um, because it's not just a matter of reading and it's a matter of thinking about what you're reading and bringing your perspectives to it. I think it's very easy to get drawn into another place where you and this is this is quite interesting i think for all of us in business where you read you read you read great and i did this a lot when i'm sorry oh god i'm doing one of those sentences that never ends oh geez stop <laughs> right when i keep first, going it's good stuff keep I, going <laughs> when i first started up my business i i did this a lot i would i've got masses of books i would read i'd read i'd quote i'd use quotes in little articles and posts um, I do little videos which which directly quoted something from a book. 
I would take that on as an absolute definite thing, um, a thought, an idea, that's it. And it was, and I also did a lot of curating, which, you know, in terms of sharing articles, um, which is fine. But what I wasn't doing was stopping and thinking, that's an interesting idea. Actually, I don't quite agree with that bit, or I would actually bring this into that. And then layering it up with my own thoughts and perspectives and now when i write posts and do videos i am enriched by the experience of everything i've i've read thought about seen but i'm not ruled by it so do you think that's a little bit of the subjective thinking that you started off this conversation with in terms yeah. of using those as you know you can use these ideas as a subjective thought which comes slightly left the field from where you would otherwise be Yes. Love that. Love the way you did that. You just kind of wrapped that round, didn't you? Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, can, can I do, do you want me to go on with something? Or do you want to stop there? No, we can. This is so, to be honest, again, you know, anybody listening to this in lockdown, you know, this, this thing that we, we crave as humans, this, this conversational, this discussion, this, this random nature of conversation, this, these, ah, oh, this, what we're doing now, although there's a screen between us, to me is, is energizing my entire day. So I'm not about to tell you to shut up. <laughs> oh, well, uh, you know, please do, my family does all the time. Um, but I, I'm finding this really, uh, it's really interesting because it's very, it's very rarely you get a chance to sort of just riff on some ideas, which on the whole are, are you know they're quite abstract thoughts which you kind of have in the back of the mind and, and having the time to really try and join them together is is interesting um and what was i gonna say um the the it's about distance um well uh, one thing i was going to mention which i think is interesting is about um creating your own reality so what oh, okay i know that's that's what it was so i mean i read quite a lot of stuff but i'm i'm really educationally i'm really poor i'm you know i got thrown out of school for being you know yeah yeah sorry it's a <laughs> mission time oh god i can't i can't play this to my kids now they don't know this yet shit um you're gonna have to edit that bit out okay i did really badly at school and um <laughs> um and so I'm, I'm not a details person. I'm kind of much more kind of conceptual. And, and I love ideas and I love sort of trying to see about how the things fit together. But history, why do we need to learn dates? I mean, what's the important thing about dates? I, I, couldn't, I could never remember a date or anything like that. So, uh, and I think that's interesting in terms of trying to get those overall concepts and then how to try and apply them. And I don't know, have you read the uh, Yuval Noah Harari book, Sapiens? Yes. Yeah, yes, it's, it's actually it's, by my bedside, weirdly. Yes. Oh, really? Well, I mean, I, I, to be honest, I think I'd rather have that. You know, you could have Shakespeare, you could have the Bible, or you could have Sapiens. I mean, they're all pretty much of a, <laughs> of a weight, aren't they? It's such a good book. Um, but I was just really taken by the, the opening part of that book is when uh, he looks at, um, I think it's Renault. So he takes an idea of Renault or Peugeot, and he takes the idea of a car company and says, what is a car company? What does this mean? Is a car company the cars? And you go, no. Are the car, is the company the people? He's going, well, it's more than the people. Is it the buildings they make them in? Well, it's more than that. And eventually you kind of go through this whole list of all of these 
separate elements. And what it what it is, which which ties into theatre actually, is is that there's a willing suspension of disbelief by all of us to agree that the concept company exists, and that concept embraces all of these things which the company says it is. It's it, but the uh, the company actually all the company is is a, a belief that we say if it's been signed up into a building in Paris to say we have a company, then we all believe that the company exists and that concept of company is a real thing. Um, now then he kind of expands on that and says you know, in a way that the point is this is why uh, sapiens as homo sapiens became the dominant species because they had the idea of abstract concepts uh, which was alien to Neanderthal or Cro-Magnon or any of the other, uh, or Homo erectus or any of the other kind of uh, biped beings that were existing at the time. Um, so if we have that abstract, that ability for an abstract concept, and he applies that into uh, uh, religion as well, and say that if you are, if you don't have that abstract concept, then you can only really deal with people on a trust level and you can only ever trust more maximum of 50 people because that's what happens in the guerrilla troop. But if you can then go for a walk and you meet a complete stranger and you start talking and you go, hey, I believe in this religion thing. You go, oh, I believe in that religion thing as well. But the religion doesn't exist. It's, you can't see religion. You can't see God in there. You just kind of have this feeling that something exists and you're going to sign up to it. Um, and that means you can establish trust with a much broader, wider range of people, uh, which has led to kind of where we are now. And I thought, well, isn't that interesting in terms of when you try and applying that into a business context? Because if nothing, what it says is very existential, really. It's like nothing really exists. Um, it's only because we just say it exists that it does exist. So if you then apply that to your business and thinking, okay, I want to try and establish my business it gives you permission to do whatever you want because whatever you say your business is is in fact what the message that people will pick up on or you you try and phrase it in that in, in, i thought it was quite heartening in so much as it takes away the, the self-imposed barriers that say we must do business in this way we must be this sort of entity we must present ourselves like this because all of it is an illusion isn't it if you kind of buy into the the sapiens uh, way of thinking. So if it's an illusion, you can present your own illusion because it's not real. It's, we, is this making any sense Paul, or yeah. am I tying myself up I in circles? Care. I don't care if it's making any sense or not. <laughs> I really don't care. I just, I just love it. That's, that's being endorsement. Uh, <laughs> but I, anyway, I just thought it was interesting that in a way, it gives yourself permission to fail as well, which ties in with the other thing is that the secret of success is uh, it's completely arbitrary, 80% um, of the time anyway, kind of where that success comes from. So we must, we must be forgiving on ourselves, uh, not to feel things have to be done in a certain way, and we can bend it to our will, and we can bend it to who we are and what works for us. Oh my God. I mean, yeah, like if we were Alexander Graham Bell, by the way, if this is part two of the podcast, then listen to part one where we talked about <laughs> Alexander. <laughs> but if we were him turning up an hour later than Edison to the patent office and therefore weren't given the credit of inventing the telephone, would that make us a failure? Mm. 
Well, that's interesting. So, Rory Sutherland, I'm not sure if I've mentioned him already. Well, you He's actually, brilliant. You mentioned Rory Sutherland before we even pressed record um, on even oh, okay. part one of this podcast. Right. Um, and I was going to, uh, yeah, please. Okay, so Rory Sutherland, I mean... He's he's so listenable to. Um, he has a, a nice interview with actually. Uh, he's I'm not sure what the if there is is there such a thing as a step cousin. But anyway, he, my step cousin, or as he likes to call it, a cousin from another muslin was uh, one way that we talked about it. But anyway, um, he has a, a podcast called Call to Action, uh, and. Uh, interview uh, and that's a really good listen so so seek that one out I think as well um, but Rory was um, saying oh god what was he saying now I've thrown myself completely was, by the so talk be, so behavioral science wasn't that his thing um, well it is yeah well I, I think so let's oh god what was he it was what you were saying before actually that made me think yeah, about what was I saying I was talking oh. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I don't know what I was are saying. Having, are we having a middle-aged moment? <laughs> I tell you what, Anthony, if ever this was a great sign-off for a podcast episode, this is it. This has to oh. be it. Don't you well, think? I, can tell you, I can tell you something else about Rory, if you like. Go on. Go on. No, you're not, well, do you want, me to, you want me to shut up now? Don't, I'm going no, I don't want you to shut up. I don't ever want you to shut up. I just keep thinking, oh, it's the creative in me. I'm thinking, wouldn't that make a great fade out with us just laughing about the fact that we've forgotten what we've just said? I mean, that, that's okay. my creative brain going. <laughs> but, but we can, we can bring that into the edit at any point. Um, well, I was, okay, let's come back into something else, which was about... Um, if you have the choice to do whatever it is you want to do, you just have to have clarity about what that's going to be. And, and I thought it was really interesting to think about how do you get that clarity and what do you do with it? And that's something that you talked about earlier on as well. Um, we, we mentioned value proposition and product market fit and trying to build something which people want and putting the emphasis on the customer rather than onto yourself. And that's the difference between being a designer and being an artist, let's say. Um, but it's about the paying customer. And I think that's really important. So if we look about the examples we talked about earlier uh, around um, uh, giving uh, free heroin to heroin addicts, um, actually that isn't going to work long term because they're not the paying customer. The paying customer is the government in this case. So as an idea, the government's got to buy into that and they won't because politically it's, it's, the, the ground is too rocky. And it could be that if you were, you know, if you're making sweets, you could give sweets to kids for as long as you like and you would feel like, oh, we've got lots and lots of customers, but it's the parents who pay for it. So you've got to bring them on board. Um, so you've got to really think about how do I try and shape what it is that I'm going to do into something that people really want and are prepared to pay for. Um, and you can look at other things. So Blue Ocean Strategy, again, is a very interesting concept. Really, again, a great book to have a look at. Um, it's partly, again, retrofitting a solution on the things that people have done, but, but it's kind of quantifying in a language which you can understand. But if you take someone like hagen in the 80s, looking at the market going, right, ice cream. Ice cream is, let's say, it's a saturated market, you know. There are lots of kids and all the kids who eat ice cream are eating ice creams already. What we can't do much in that market. How do we try and grow market share? 
So their decision is we need to sell it to grown-ups, you know, because at the moment the grown-ups is the untapped ice cream market. So then thinking about what it is that we have to focus on and if we just push it towards that, then we can start developing a whole new market share. And the way that they did that was by trying to then rebrand ice cream. So we always think of ice cream as being, oh, yummy thing for our tea or something like that. Um, and they pushed it to the adult market essentially by selling it as a sex aid, didn't it? I mean, haagen then became this thing that you would, you know, dribble seductively down models' bodies. And it was like a sex toy. Um, so you completely rebranded what ice cream was for uh, an adult market until it was acceptable for adults to eat it in public or probably not in public in that case uh, so I thought yeah that's interesting in terms of um, how you position and think about what you want to try and do once you've got that clarity you have to hold on to it um, and you were talking earlier on about the you know, how many things, that there's so many distractions that we have. There are so many things that we can do. But if you want to try and achieve uh, the goals and to get the results that you're after, you just have to be quite single-minded about it. And mm -hmm. I think by laying down what those goals are, and then when an opportunity comes your way, you can take the decision about, is this going to help me fulfill my goal or not help me fulfill my goal? And if it's not clearly in my delivery plan, I don't do that and I turn that down. Um, and you know, it could be that if you're working for somebody else rather than being your own boss, you're going, yeah, but if I just get told to do something, then uh, I've just got to do it. But if you have clarity about what your objective is, that gives you the power to be able to turn around to your boss and saying, I can do that if you want me to do that. But if I do that, it means I won't be able to deliver this. And that's what you asked me to do last week or the week before or what my super objective is around this. So that clarity, I think, is really, uh, really important. Um, it is. And interestingly, if you are, um, it, it, well, let's just say, if you're a sort of creative, let's be very lazy and say kind of right brain thinker or whatever, that that clarity can be really difficult because because you you actually rebel against it constantly because you because in a way you're always saying oh, I know but I don't want to close down these other avenues of oh, something exciting might happen if I go down there you never know and I've just come up with this amazing new idea don't make me have an avatar whatever you do do not tell me to have an avatar <laughs> I want to be there for everyone yeah I'm doing by the way very expansive hand movements which you can't see at this point very dramatic very theatrical indeed so but but there again, actually, if you think of theatre, um, not every playwright has written for every single member of the population to um, probably be the people that enjoy it. I mean, you know, you don't all go along and see a, a, a you know, a, 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 I like to say Pinter, but that's so old school, that's awful. Um, but, you know, um, whatever. But that, uh, that, you don't all read Mantel, you don't all... You know, I mean, so so it is daft to think that you're that you shouldn't close down and be able to. It's not. Maybe that's wrong. But I've that, just used the word "close down," which has very negative connotations. So close you could just down say being. Clarity, you know. You could say being realistic and just being realistic about who, what, what the scope of your ambition is. So <clears throat> there's a there's a thing in business. You, you've got um, total addressable market serviceable adjustable market and serviceable obtainable market 
So the total addressable market is the big scope of, you know, who could this possibly go out to? The serviceable addressable market is, okay, what's the subset of that overall big market that we can focus on? <clears throat> and the obtainable market is actually who is likely um, out of all of those people to actually buy what it is that we have to, to offer. And then you can start to think about how many people do you have to reach in order to get the number of people that you need to create an effective business. Um, but it's really that obtainable market, which is as big as your market share is only going to get, unless you do the, the Hagendas model and then you reinvent yourself to then start moving into a different marketplace. So there are limits and you are, you know, that, that market is, is a closed. There's a kind of finite size to which you can grow and it's only ever going to be defined by <clears throat> the size of the market. But then you could look at something like Simon Sinek or Sinek, um, I've heard both said, um, and that whole golden circles thing. Do you, yeah, you probably know about it. that. Don't you? Yeah. Um, and that whole focus on on why. Why is it you're creating? What is the problem you're trying to solve um, in your customer? And if you the more, and I feel the more you define that, that then becomes the mantra that we talked about earlier on in terms of what is my what is my focus and what am I, is my motivation. And if that is led <clears throat> in <clears throat> answering the question. Does this help to solve the issue that I've identified that I think my customers have got? And if it doesn't help to try and solve that, then you probably shouldn't be doing it because it's just going to be wasting your time at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can take a broad interpretation as to, you know, well, yeah, but does it give me a little bit of exposure or is it likely to lead into, um, uh, lead into kind of making connections that I otherwise wouldn't have happened and will those somehow be valuable? Um, but having that, I mean, those are just decisions you have to take, but on the whole, that clarity of focus is, is useful. And coming back to Rory Sutherland that we talked about earlier on, he had a really good way of putting it, was saying that a lot of the time, what people want is not what you think they want. In fact, they never want what you think they want because that's what the whole of behavioral economics is all about. What they, if you look at the brand, he's because if you look at a kind of a successful brand, what that represents is a guarantee of adequacy. Um, so it's basically not as shit as it might be, is what that means. So we don't buy brands because we love them, very, very few occasions. We buy them because we think they're going to be okay, and that we don't buy something we've never heard of because we don't know whether to trust it or not. Whereas with the stuff that we buy a lot of, we trust it. It's not that we go, oh, isn't that amazing? And all of those, those big kind of marketing messages that you've thought about, we don't care about that. We just think about, is this going to help me um, be all right? Um, and that, that uh, well, that leads to something else, but I feel like you should say something now. <laughs> oh, could we leave on a cliffhanger? Oh, I love that. Leave them wanting more? Uh, if, if, you've, if you've had enough, uh, uh, yes, I could tell you about. I could tell you about Richard Shotton though. Who? So let me let me just do Richard Shotton. Okay. <laughs> so Richard Shotton, the Choice Factory, again, really interesting book on behavioral economics. He talks about um, uh, social social proof, and that so we have so what when people are buying, we we have these really gilded vision, the pure vision of what it is we're trying to create. But there's a thing around social proof, which is 
you just want it to work, which kind of fits in with what Rory was saying as well. Um, and there was that famous advert, which was nobody ever got fired for buying IBM, which was very big in 50s, 60s, something like that. I'm not sure what it was. But anyway, it's almost like that's become you know, part of the common parlance. But what that means is I don't actually necessarily know exactly what I want, but if I buy IBM, I'm not going to get fired for it. <laughs> so that's the mentality that you're dealing with, which then kind of links back into the, the social stories around the prisons and the drug addicts we had earlier on, is that we, we just want to make sure that we do stuff which uh, is going to protect ourselves. And actually, that's the big motivation. That's why it's about being adequate as opposed because other people don't necessarily buy into our big ideals of what we're trying to create so those are quite often the real needs that we're trying to solve that's really the need that we're trying to uh we're trying to engage somebody with and trying to come in at too high a level trying to come in at our level can be a bit bamboozling and i think i mean i know i am we're all guilty of doing that to a large extent um and Richard Shotton has, so he calls it social proof. So IBM's one example. He's got another example of, uh, he was doing some research and got some beers, took all the labels off them and put them in front of a group and said, do me a tasting test. And, and people like the beer. But when he said, right, here is the beer. It's the most successful beer in South Africa. Let me know what you think. The marks people gave it were noticeably higher when they knew that other people liked it. So all that, that sort of the, the, the social reaffirmation is really interesting. And I just think those little things are interesting of that's what people actually want. It's not what they say they want. And that's why behavioral economics is so interesting because it starts to actually show what the choice, the, the basis on which people make their choices. And it's never what they tell you that they are. Oh, no, that, oh. I, I tell you, before we started this chat, which was, about a week ago. <laughs> it was bloody, it was before, it was before coronavirus hit, I think. <laughs> I've been put into lockdown since we stopped. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what was going to say, before I started, I hadn't really thought that I was about to want to go and learn more about behavioural economics, but I tell you what, I bloody well do now. And you know what you've done? You've, apart from about two books that you mentioned, all the rest of it, I haven't got on my shelf, which means I'm now going to have to, during a lockdown, make Amazon delivery drivers. <laughs> <laughs> because I now am desperate for all these books. Um, sorry, that wasn't a plug for Amazon. Obviously, there are many other people that sell books. Um, uh, so I, that's it, because I'm likely to start talking absolutely we've already used the word bollocks so i'm going to use it again bollocks if i carry on any more without having any lunch um so <laughs> i i cannot tell you how much this has just made my day i frankly i am hoping talking about what people need you know talking about the why i'm kind of hoping that people will also feel that they've had their needs looked after <laughs> by listening to this podcast and it wasn't purely about my needs and your needs but what the heck if it was we've just had a very enjoyable experience anyway so well i feel i should probably apologize to you because we did talk the other day about what we were going to talk about and we've hardly talked about <laughs> any of that at all and and i think i've just gone we off on actually, one yeah sorry about that talking about what we were going to talk yeah. about 
Uh, listeners, uh, I really, I, I, you have to have enjoyed this at some point. Um, uh, otherwise, what the heck's the matter with you? No, um, I, I thank you so much, Anthony. And yes, I probably will split this into at least two, if not three, podcasts. What an absolute treat. People would just be sort of desperate for the next one to come out. Um, in fact, could we do a Netflix series? I'm beginning to think that. But this is just, yeah. <laughs> We could. We could. Oh. <laughs> could we be like, um, I saw, uh, oh God, Mary Beard and uh, Emma Thompson just having a chat in two chairs in a lovely sort of library looking room. They were just talking about stuff. Yeah. And, and I just think that's what we should do. I think we should sell ourselves to some kind of TV company. Just, this is it. Just um, that we just sit and talk. Uh, fine. Well, I'm I'm very happy to do that. Uh, do we do we get fed and watered? Um, and... Well, yeah, we can take breaks. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be a catering yeah. coach out there and all the rest of it on the TV crew. But Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Uh, fine. Okay, listeners, so you right. do what you I'll, do. What I'll you have to do. Look out for that. Anthony yeah. and I have got our entire career sorted. <laughs> yeah. <from here. laughs> Thank you so much. And thanks, and Richard. Goodbye. Yes. Take action. Try this one small step. I suggest you go to my website for the show notes for this episode, trishalewis.com, Make It Real Podcast. Just follow the podcast tab because I will list all the resources that Anthony has referred you to. So that's your action. Happy reading and listening and thinking. Lot of fascinating stuff. You might need some show notes. So head over to trishalewis.com forward slash make it real podcast and subscribe because then you'll know when the next episode is available. I give you permission to go out and be real and enjoy it. Look forward to the next episode. Never be replaced.